Hello and welcome to the FSF Podcast Live Edition. Well, hello, kids and cadets. Welcome to the FSF Podcast Live Edition. This is our Wednesday live at five. And uh, yeah, we just want to come on and talk about the awesomeness that was episode five of Ahsoka last night. So John, producer John, is joining me here today. So glad to have him. And uh, yeah, we're going to have some fun today because last night's episode was, well, fun. I, I really enjoyed last night's episode. I loved last night's episode. So... And I can't tell if you're freezing or if I'm freezing, but that was weird. You were menacingly staring at me for a moment, and I got worried. Uh, I'm still plugged in, so okay, let's try this again. <laughs> and, and now I can't see you. We're we're having technical difficulties on we the podcast. Okay, there we go. I'm gonna blame Streamyard. They're wonderful, but every once in a while, everything has a problem. Everything, yeah. So what didn't have a problem uh, for me last night was the war between uh, the world between worlds uh, and the Ahsoka show. By the way, uh, just as a reminder, we are, of course, are talking. I forgot to do this last week as well. We are, of course, talking about Ahsoka. This is our live at five. And this is your chance to know that there are spoilers for this week's episode. If you have not watched this week's episode, episode five of the Ahsoka series running on Disney Plus, then this is your opportunity now to know that what moving forward from here, we will be talking about everything that happened in last night's episode. So if you haven't watched and you don't care about spoilers, stick around. If you do care about spoilers, now is your time to jump out. Okay. So there we go. I did my due diligence. Yes. Yes, you did. You were the responsible adult. That should scare all of us. (laughs) Okay, so there's a few things I want to talk about specifically about the world between worlds that we saw last night. Okay. And because I have some thoughts and I have some questions about it, I absolutely love this episode. Let's just get that right out on the table. I really love uh, the, the, the story that Filoni wrote and directed with this because this episode was pivotal as to what was going to happen in the rest of the series. And to me, this episode is Ahsoka's coming out party. Uh, okay uh, we have we have ahsoka the white we had ahsoka the gray i mean it's a lord of the rings reference but right yeah but you know even at the end of the episode she's wearing all white instead of gray showing that you know i think that what she did is she found herself she knows who she is now she purged herself of of, of the guilt that she had over anakin and she was able to move forward and i think the change of clothing even the change of her personality in the in the episode she yeah. seems much lighter in personality by the yes. end of the episode than she did in the beginning. In the beginning of the episode, even episode four, she's weighed down. She's burdened by some of the things that are happening around her and how she feels about those things. Right. So. Well, I mean, she was a, a child soldier, so she's going to be carrying around trauma and guilt and survivor's oh. guilt. and PTSD. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of it. So. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so we we start off with this. We see Ahsoka laying on the, you know, uh, she's getting up. She's we've we saw her get up from the 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 platform there. She's talking with Anakin and I'm here to finish your training snips. And the fact that he cu- keeps calling her snips throughout the episode, I'm just like, oh, oh, oh. They, they yeah. tell you your little heartstrings. 
Oh, very much so. Filoni's really good at that. See uh, episode seven or see uh, season seven, episode twelve of the Clone Wars, <clears throat> and uh, <laughs> season four, episode uh, is either twelve or thirteen of Rebels, and you'll know exactly what I mean. Uh, yeah, get you, have yeah. some tissues handy. Right. So. But yeah, so Filoni's really good at, at not only building the lore, but building the story, getting the characters involved. Yeah. And I like that we're seeing both sides of Anakin in this. We're seeing we're seeing his light side being presented. We're also seeing his dark side being presented throughout this. And even before we get to any of the flashbacks, we see it right there on, on the platform. Because here's yeah. Anakin standing there in his Jedi Knight robe uh, uh, gear, not his mm-hmm. Jedi Master robes that we see him in at the end of Re- uh, Return of the Jedi. Right. Well, we, we see him in his Jedi Knight uh, uh, garb, but with Vader's hilt. That's not right. Anakin's hilt. That's it. I'll double check this, but I'm pretty positive that was An- uh, Vader's hilt, but he ignited it with a blue blade. Yeah. So just to show the the juxtaposition of good versus evil that that Anakin is dealing with this version of Anakin, right? I actually took the uh, the combination of elements as you know in Kenobi, Vader said that he had killed Anakin Skywalker. Well, here we have Anakin continuing on, having destroyed the Vader part of himself, still able to tap into the the concepts that Vader was. Yeah. But very much back to being himself rather than the monster. And I, I love the fact that, so I read somewhere else that they were, they were very annoyed with the fact that Anakin was back to finish the training uh, of Ahsoka. And I took it more metaphorically. Apparently this dude took it very seriously um, that he was there to finish the training because clearly she had walked away from the Jedi order She's a Jedi in in loose association and term, not not full mm-hmm. uh, at, at this point, which is the reason why she has the white sabers, you know, to show that she doesn't have allegiance to either. Um, but yeah, so he, you know, they a couple different places have took taken that very seriously, very literally, that you know, Anakin was back to complete her training, and that I didn't think that was the case at all. I took this as her. This this whole scene that we see of her in the world between worlds was an opportunity for her to purge herself of guilt, to purge herself of of some of the feelings that she had about the way things went down in the Clone Wars and the things, the way that she left Anakin and for what Anakin became because she felt guilt for that, you know, and has expressed yeah. that a couple different times. So, and, and that's a hard thing to learn. That is something you have to, you, you need to learn it. Somebody needs to show you how to do it. Right. Yeah. And, and, and even, you know, towards the end, you know, with, with uh, Anakin telling her, uh, you have a choice of life or death. Are you going to live? Or are you going to die? Mm-hmm. That was kind of poignant too, because, you know, all these things that she was doing, all these things that she was holding on to were not healthy things. Right. And so I, I took it as that, as the, okay, so yeah, it's not healthy for you to do this not healthy for mm-hmm. you to be this way. And if you continue this way, I think, I think it was more of a metaphorical death than an actual death. Right. That's the way, that's the way I took it anyway. Yeah. You know, when the episode at the end of last week, because Vader's music, Vader's theme played, if you read the mm-hmm. subtitles, which everybody who has small children, you have the subtitles on. So you can 
hear your show. <laughs> I wasn't sure it was actually good Anakin going into this episode. You know, what was sold was, me was. Yeah, I was worried about that as well. Yeah, okay. What sold me on it was when uh, Ahsoka said, I won't fight you. And Anakin's yeah. response was, I've heard that before. It's like, yeah. Oh, okay. No, this is it. All right, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, details sell it. I also want to hint hit on some of the the visuals that we see in these flashbacks. Okay. Um, so to me, this is one of the the bigger parts of this episode because we're we're dealing with all the things that that you know the foundation of what got Ahsoka to here. We're talking about the foundational stuff here because we start off right in the Clone Wars at the War of Geonosis. Um, you know, and we're seeing the clone troopers run past and th this is early stage one clone trooper armor. So, you know, it's very early in the clone wars, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, she's and just knowing that, that that that's all part of what she's going through. But the visuals of of her as young Ahsoka and the yeah. visuals and I'm going to put this this up on the screen because I this transition from Anakin to Vader and then back to Anakin was just kind of like, ooh, I think I rewound that like three or four times, just kept hitting the 10 second back button on my Roku, just kind of like blink, um, you know, but that trend, no, one too far. Still spoilers. That, yeah, still spoilers. But <laughs> that transition just boom, 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 boom. I just, yeah. yeah. I loved the, the, the visuals that Filoni was using in this episode and how that tied into so many things that we saw during the clone wars and yeah. And, and the reasoning and the conversations that he had with Ahsoka and um, you know, and basically, and again, chastising her while the, while they're there in this, you know, you basically you'll, you're not learning back to, back to the beginning. You didn't yep. learn, yep. you know, um, so he's trying to teach her how to rid herself of this guilt and she's not paying attention. He's like, all right, well, back to the beginning, you know, right. and then when he thinks that she hasn't listened, when he ignites the blade again and now it's red because he's going, he says, well, you chose poorly and basically time to die. Right. And the blade goes red. The eyes go Sith. Yeah. The, the facial transition was. Yeah. That was awesome. awesome. Yeah. It's yeah. just those little things for me that really went right. like, ooh. And, you know, it's funny, uh, we've watched Clone Wars. It's a great show. But watching these scenes with an actual teenage girl playing Ahsoka, it hit me a lot harder how messed up that situation was. Yeah. To have this literal child, you know, running mm -hmm. alongside soldiers, getting shot at, holding the hands of dying troops. Yeah. Like, this was yeah. her childhood? You know, because at first, and I, and I even sent this to you in my notes, one of my co original complaints, because I didn't think about that till just now, because yeah. one of my complaints about this episode, and I only had two issues, and they're so very minor that they're almost not even complaints, was that I thought for as many opportunities as we've had where uh, Ashley Eckstein could have been involved somewhere in the Ahsoka series, mm -hmm. I thought because... Ashley Eckstein's a little bit smaller than Rosario Dawson. This would have been a great opportunity to have her play young Ahsoka. And then you get Ahsoka's voice and, you know, it would just have been yeah. really cool, but you're absolutely right. 
to have an actual teenager playing the role of teenage Ahsoka. Because Ahsoka was only about 14, 15 years old at the start of the Clone Wars. She was mm-hmm. just, that'd be like my daughter running out there. Yeah. And having that, her. what I was thinking. You know, you know, having my daughter run out there, you know, with a lightsaber and, and watching people die and get watching these troopers get blown to bits and having to take the lives of all these, uh, you know, um, uh, well, at the beginning it was the Genosans, you know, those were actual living, breathing creatures, not the clankers, you know, but right. Um, but still having having to go out and, and learn how to be a warrior to be to to kill and destroy and, you know, all the things that even Anakin says in the episode. I was trained to be a keeper of the peace. I had to train you to be a warrior. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. So yeah, that's a very poignant piece of the episode, I think. Yeah. And $10 for using the word poignant properly. Hey, can you spell it though? Not even close. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I blame the public school system. <laughs> oh, there's so much I blame the public school system for. It's not even funny. Um, one other small complaint about the this flashback scenario that we mm-hmm. saw. Okay, because I am a Darth Maul fanboy, and I have I have called this out from the very beginning. I love Darth Maul. He's one of the coolest villains that Star Wars has ever offered. Um, when we saw the Siege of Mandalore, and I'm seeing all the Mandalorians with their Darth Maul helmets on, you know, I'm yeah. like, oh my god, we're going to get live action! I thought we were going to get another live action Maul. I thought that we were going to see Sam Witwer and, and Maul wear, and I was very <laughs> stupidly excited for about 30 seconds last night. That yeah. that excitement was quickly Only 30 seconds? It was just 30 seconds, because it was a very kind of quick spot, because, you know, Anakin's like, well, I don't remember this battle. And then they walked away from it and then sad. Yeah. I thought, yeah, I thought we were going to get a little more. I'm like, hoo, hoo, hoo. yeah, right. that was an actual noise I made. Hoo, hoo, hoo. You make so, that noise more often than people know. I had to I, I, a, a it, lot. It happens a lot. I'm not even going to pretend. Not even going to pretend. <laughs> All right. I want to come back to this because I have a question for you later. Okay. About this. Yeah. But I want to talk about some of the other stuff because I need to talk about the other thing to tie it into this thing. Okay. There's a thing with the thing with the thing. And the stuff and the things. Always there's the stuff with the things and the things with the stuff. <laughs> so uh, we see that the um, how they found out where she was was because Jason Sindula, Kanan's son, yep. and Hera's son, has abilities, as noted by Hu Yang. Yes. And I love the fact that uh, uh, Captain Tavo is just like, all right, cool. So we're going back up in the air then? Because the kid said so. <laughs> He's just learned to roll with it. Yeah. He's just like, okay, whatever. Um, but I do like the fact that they're showing that there's a difference in the types of force. Okay. Because now when they talked to, when with Sabine, we talked about the living force. Mm-hmm. How the living force goes through everybody and, and is part of, you know. And then there's um, the, the force. The, I can't remember the. Uh, I knew I should have looked this up a little better before I brought it up. Uh, but there's two types of force. Anyway, the second force is the force that actually gives you abilities and things like that. Okay. Okay. And there, I love the fact that we're showing Jason Dula as having those abilities through the other portion of the force. I have a bad feeling about this. Uh, listen through the water. You can hear the lightsabers. 
you know, and, and this is where you're going to find them and go over here and, you know, all these different things. Um, you know, so, and the fact that Hugh Yang picks up on that and right. it's like, yeah, he has abilities. Right. So uh, to me, that was kind of cool that they're showing the difference in the force between how Sabine renders the force and how Jason, uh, Jason Sandula will render the force. Although we're not really seeing Sabine render the force just yet. I, you know, she failed at moving the cup. <laughs> But, you know, well, okay, but in the old, old expanded universe novels, not every Jedi had every power. There were some Correct. that couldn't move stuff, they had other abilities they were ridiculously good at. But, Correct. you know, so that there's there's a range there. Just because a fish can't climb a tree doesn't make it stupid. Mm, I don't know about that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Dumb fish. <laughs> anyway. So, so maybe they're just testing Sabine wrong. I mean, that's entirely possible, right? I mean, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, the living force and the cosmic force. Sorry, there you there go. It is. Thank you. I, I just had to look it up real quick. I'm like, I, I forgot to put it in my notes. And I'm, yeah, because typically when we talk about the force, we're just like the force. They use the force. But there are definitely two sides of the force. There's, oh, Jesus. <laughs> For those of you listening at home and I- well, we had to lose John for the rest of the day because he's flashing gang signs over there. No, just kidding. That was the Vulcan salute. <laughs> gang signs. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, I yeah. Typically, we we talk about the you know the force. Like I said, it's we typically only talk about it in one term as being just the force, not the living force and the cosmic force and the difference between the two. And uh, so I think it's a good it's good that we have some some notation of showing the differences because. Really, in Star Wars, we really haven't seen that separated before. Right. You know, at least not so clearly, not at least that I can remember. Now, it may be, it may be in, the, in the Legends books and, you know, in the Expanded Universe back in the day, but I don't think that anything on film has ever done that. Not that I remember, no. So. I mean, I could go um, rewatch everything. So. <laughs> Trust me, I'm working on it. I'm trying. I'm gonna catch up uh-huh. to it. Um, so the other thing too I want to mention uh was the saber fights. I thought that the saber fighting this week was better than what we had seen in the last couple attempts at saber fights. Uh, because I felt like in the, some of the earlier episodes they were just slamming sticks against each other. Yeah. Um, you know, it wasn't very well choreographed, wasn't very well done. I thought the Ahsoka and Anakin saber fights were were better. Right. much better so which on, on a certain level makes sense because they would be more familiar with each other right they would know better what to anticipate from the other person yeah so just that was just a little quick side note now you mm-hmm. had mentioned to me that something about you wanted to talk about the the uh um new republic calling in the fleet okay so last week you know hair's like we need to send the fleet out we need to investigate this on this planet you know, it's it's a trip out to the rim, sure, but we need to find out. Oh no, we, we can't spare those resources. So Hera goes, takes the ghost, her own ship, and five X wings. And when they don't answer the phone, the ship, the, the whole fleet comes looking for them. They made the trip anyway, just like an hour late. Right. What the heck? I, I thought that was a really good way to show the ineptitude of the New Republic. Yeah. 
Yeah, it is. Yeah, because we had a lot of, you have a lot of power hungry people in the new Republic. Even uh, I felt like uh, Mon Mothma is a figurehead chancellor, kind of like uh, um, the chancellor. What's that? Valorum. Yeah. That was that what I remembered. Okay. Yeah. Um, the chancellor at the beginning of Phantom Menace, he's ju- just a figurehead. Uh, who can't really do anything because all these different people are pulling at them and tugging at them. And you got to do this and you got to do that. Even when we saw Mothma on screen in that last episode, and they're talking about going out and doing the thing that they did in this episode, in the last episode, mm-hmm. you know, it was, Oh, you know, there's all these other people around her going, Oh, I don't know if we can do that. I don't know if we should, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It's just showing why the Republic doesn't work. Mm-hmm. They're trying to make too many people happy. Yeah. Yeah, it was so inept and there were so many issues. And I thought that that was a perfect example. Yeah, really was. So. so any other thoughts on that? Um, <laughs> no, it, it just, I actually paused the show at that moment. Like, they're going to send them now? Really? The whole fleet. They're not just going to send one ship. They're going to send the whole fleet when they couldn't spare the resources an hour ago. Right. Uh, Like, I actually yelled at my TV. (laughs) You you, You you wonder if the wide receiver dropped the ball. Right. (laughs) One of the things I love about Filoni's style of storytelling is that we're going to see this Mm -hmm. picked up. That ball is going to get picked up later. Yeah. And he's going to show use that as something else to show, you know, so we saw the ineptitude of the New Republic and the building of the ships, even being able to, you know, uh, uh, fleece out the the old Empire people, you know, long live the Empire. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, from their from inside their own ranks, we see the uh, New Republic uh, losing ground even in, in how can we do this? Can we do that? And then. Mon Mothma can't even keep people from uh, getting rid of one of her best generals. But she's like, well, you're sorry. There's not much I can do. You know, they're, you yeah. know, you got to come to this trial. And I love how Hera is like, whatever. Okay. I'm surprised yeah, she didn't win the galaxy too. Cause yeah, that stopped me before people said I couldn't do something. I've never rebelled against a government before. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah. So the other two things that I wanted to, I wanted to, to mention is, and even if it was just for a brief second, going back to the Clone Wars thing, <laughs> Captain Rex. Yes. Got to, got to see Captain Rex on screen. I didn't uh, read the credits. Was that actually Tamara Morrison's voice? Yeah, it was. Okay. Yeah, that's that was definitely, uh, yeah, Tim did that for sure. Um, now, whether or not we're going to see him later on screen in these last couple episodes, helmet off and all that kind of stuff, I don't know. I just knew that um, from... Uh, articles that I have both written and read that somewhere we were going to see Tamura involved in Ahsoka. So whether it was just for that one scene and him saying, you know, come on, let's go, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, or what, but I'm hoping that we get to see more. And with like, I would love to see Tamura Morrison with his helmet off the hair, the hair dyed blonde. Uh, I think it'd be funny. Yeah. So, I think it'd be cool. Um, but yeah, so there was that. I love seeing Captain Rex on screen. And I'm hoping that at some point we'll, you know, uh, I don't think Cody, Cody's dead, I believe. So um, Commander Cody, I believe he, yeah. I'd have, I to look it up. I'd have to look it up, but I think he's dead. I don't think where there's a chance of getting him back. 
And then um, the one last thing before we go, we jump back into my question is we saw the Purgles and that's how the, uh, uh, how Ahsoka and Hu Yang are going to jump across the universe and uh, into the other galaxy is by the help of the Purgles. She talked with them and they opened their mouth and uh, they're just getting a free ride and inside a Purgle. They're pulling a Jonah. That's right. <laughs> Nice. Uh, okay. So here's here's my million dollar question for you. All right. Okay. It's actually it's a two part question. Oh boy. All right. What we saw with Ahsoka was it really the world between worlds, or was it just a near death experience and coming to terms with her own guilt and grief? Oh, you know. I, hmm, I'm inclined to think that it really was the world between worlds because that's, you know, a, a space that doesn't actually exist anywhere. It's sort of under the surface. You could get there from anywhere, theoretically. Right. And if the Purgles are jumping from this planet, Cetos, to wherever, there, there could be some sort of opening there that okay. goes in. <laughs> it just happens to be underwater. Okay. Cause that was, I've watched the episode three times and that's mm -hmm. the one thing at the end of every episode that I, when we see Ahsoka, the water kind of rise around Ahsoka mm -hmm. and then she's floating in the water when she's saved is okay. Was this just a near death experience? Like people say when they're dying, you know, they, they saw the light. Okay. Was her seeing the light dealing with Anakin and, you know, letting that portion of her grief go. No, I don't think so this time. Okay. All right. But yeah, but that's been, that was my thought though. Yeah. Okay. Uh, now here's part two of that question. Yo. All right. So if it really was the world between worlds, did Jason hear it because it was a shared force vision in a location that is rich with and strong with the force, the living force? Probably. Probably. Okay. He could hear it when other people couldn't. I mean, he could hear it before anybody else could because he's more sensitive to those things. Right. Or maybe it's because children have sharper hearing. They haven't damaged it with decades of engine noises and loud music. Rock music. Anyway. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, I mean, those were my two questions about that. I just, yeah, I just watched that. I was like, well, if it really was the world between worlds, then how did Jason Sandula hear it? Uh, you know, because typically the only other experiences with the world between worlds and hearing what's going on inside of the world between worlds is because you were in there. Right. But he heard the lightsaber battles. But wait, didn't Palpatine hear Ahsoka and Ezra in the world between worlds as well? But he was at a door, but he couldn't get through. Right. He was at a door. So if there's a door there, you just can't okay. see Okay, that yeah, that makes yeah. sense now. Okay, okay, so yeah, so maybe there, maybe uh, Jason was just on the other side of the door and it wasn't in, and he but he could hear the things going on on the inside, like Palpatine did in the world yeah. between worlds during Rebels. Yeah, that's gonna be my theory. Okay, I like your theory. I'm gonna go with your theory. Awesome! Yay! Look at you formulating <laughs> theories over there. Yeah, finally you go with something I come up with. Woohoo! All right, any final thoughts on this week's episode? Um, 
I'm once again just sad that it's not nine o'clock on Tuesday. I understand that greatly. Yeah. Um, at ten oh one, I was uh, immediately saddened again last night because yeah. I had to wait a whole nother week. This uh, is which is good because I would have I would have binged this all in one night had it gotten released. Well, yes, but then we would have had one show about it, not eight. Right? No, is- no, no, no. This is a good thing. Yeah. I, as much as as much as I want the binge. I love the. I also I have a love hate relationship with the week between. Yes, this is my world between worlds. Yep, see what I did there. See what I did yep. there. Anyway, I'm picking up what you're putting down. All right, well, cool. Hey guys, just a couple quick show notes. Uh, we're going to wrap this up here real quick. Uh, as a reminder, last Friday we had an interview with Stephanie Nadolny, who is the OG voice actor in Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z for Kid Gohan and Kid Goku. We talk with her about that. We talk with her about coming to the Monroe Pop Fest in Monroe, Michigan, this Friday and Saturday. You'll be able to meet her there in person. Tickets are still on sale for $25 for a VIP ticket. I think it's either $25 or $35. Either way, it's ridiculously cheap, and you get some really cool perks and a cool swag bag that comes along with that. And then also, this upcoming Friday, uh, you can hear our interview with Jessica Ray, who will also be at Monroe Pop Fest. Now, Jessica played Alyssa on uh, Power Rangers Wild Force, a.k.a. the White Tiger. And uh, we talk with her about that, about uh, raising her children, uh, being an an entrepreneur, all the things that she's doing these days, along with, you know, Power Rangers and all that kind of stuff. And you can meet Jessica this Friday and Saturday at the Monroe Pop Fest as well, along with me. Uh, John and Kathleen won't be able to make it this year. Uh, They have prior... uh, expectations and and things that have to be held upheld promises to young family members that should not be broken i'm not going to disappoint a 10 year old no 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 i wouldn't want you to so but uh yeah come on down to the moral pop fest come visit say hi you'll be able to meet the fellows from three geeks the pvd cast and um yeah jessica ray stephanie Dodoni, danny jacobs from a couple weeks back the voice of king julian from madagascar yeah you can meet him as well But in the meantime, be sure to check us out on all the locations. You can find us on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts. We strongly recommend Good Pods if you're wanting to listen to audio. But check us out on YouTube. And if you want to not wait till Friday to hear that Jessica Ray interview, go check us out on Patreon. Anywhere from $1 to $40. And uh, there's all kinds of cool perks and things uh, for you there on Patreon. And for as little as three whole George Washingtons, you could be listening to that interview with Jessica Ray right here, right now, today. So that's my spiel. Go do the things, guys. You'll have fun with it. John, thank you very much. Well, thanks for having me, Tim. Always a good time. Always a good time. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, kids and cadets, that's going to do it for the FSF Popcast live at five. Goodbye. Bye. On behalf of the rest of the hosts of the FSF Podcast, we want to thank you for listening to this episode. If you'd like to be a guest on a future episode, please contact us by means of Twitter or Instagram using the handle at FSF Podcast, or go to www.fsfpopcast.com and click on the contact link. Thanks again and hope you enjoyed the episode.